I have been doing some research on B2 language in English, and I found out something quite interesting. They did some research on B2 level students and the answers they gave in Cambridge exams, and found out that there were only 12 idioms used. 12 idioms.、Uh, well, what is an idiom? An idiom is. A group of words whose meaning is different from the meanings of the individual words. Right, so what does that mean? Well, I'll give you an example. To break the ice. Now, we all know that ice is frozen water, or、um, those little cubes of ice that you can put in your drink. So, when we say to break the ice, well, we often use it idiomatically. And that means something different. So I'm going to talk about these kind of idioms. I'm going to explain six of the idioms to you, and I'm going to do something interesting. I have written four stories, which contain one of these idioms, and you have to identify the idiom. This is a B2 level podcast. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber, and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. And if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level, then I recommend my book, The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com, and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that, and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. So, first of all, I'm going to talk about six of the twelve idioms in this recording. At another time, I'll do the other six idioms in the list. So, the first one is to break the ice, as I mentioned, and the figurative meaning or the idiomatic meaning of break the ice. Is to, if you're at a party and you want to get to know somebody, well then you need some sort of sentence that you can use when you approach that person and you speak to them for the first time. That is to break the ice. And the next one is also with break. Perhaps this one's more familiar. To break somebody's heart. Well, you. Probably guess that that one means to do something very nasty, perhaps to somebody who loves you very much, and they become very upset, and we say that you break their heart. The next one is to be a pain. Now, pain is spelt here P-A-I-N, and if you're a pain, well, it's a negative thing. You are annoying. You make people angry. You irritate people, and that's not nice. And somebody can say, "That person, he's a real pain. A pain." The next one is to lose track. Now, a track is really something that we leave when we walk through soft mud 
or we walk through snow, for example, that's a track, T-R-A-C-K. But to lose your track would be to lose your way. That's literally. But idiomatically, to lose track is, oh, well, perhaps somebody's telling you a story. And you don't follow the story very well. You can't follow the story very well because perhaps you don't understand it because it's in a different language. So you say, you lose track. You can lose track of time as well. Especially perhaps if you're having a good time um, at a party, whatever, and you didn't realize it was so late and you said you would be home before a certain time. And, oh my goodness, it's really late. I lost track of time. So that's uh, another idiom. And the fifth one, and it's a nice one, um, to be over the moon. Now, if you're over the moon, so the moon is the satellite which goes around our planet Earth, M-O-O-N, to be over the moon is to be very happy. Usually because you've just received some very good news. To be over the moon. Somebody tells you you've won the lottery, for example. Wow, I was over the moon when I heard that news. And the last one of the six is to, well, to be from out of nowhere. From out of nowhere. So this just means that Something or somebody turns up and you don't know where they came from. It could be, for example, an unfortunate situation if you're driving your car and then suddenly you, well, a car hits you, for example, from behind and you didn't even know they were there. The car just hit me. It came from out of nowhere, we say. Out of nowhere. Those are the six idioms, and I want you to listen to the stories which I'm going to tell you. And at the moment where the idiom is going to be used, you'll hear this sound. That is the time where you should insert the right idiom. So there's just one idiom for each story. I'll repeat the idioms again if you want to write them down or try to remember them. And they were to break the ice, to break somebody's heart, to be a pain, to lose track of something, to be over the moon, and be from out of nowhere. Here is story one. Which is the right idiom which goes in the space? The story is called The Black Asteroid. Everything was silent and dark when he awoke. Space Cadet Matthews sat up and peered out into the darkness to see if he could see anything he recognized. But whether he stared upwards, down, or to his left and right, the world around him was the same. He could not make out any object on the ground, and there were no stars in the sky. When he lifted his wrist to glance at his watch, he realized it had stopped working. 
The only clue to the watch's existence was that he could feel it there as he stroked his wrist with the other hand. So this was it. He had teletransported to the black asteroid. With no visual or sound evidence around him, Space Cadet Matthews soon... Why could he not see the stars in the space around him? Then, Space Cadet Matthews realized he was not on the surface of the asteroid. He was where he did not want to be. He was underground, deep inside it. Okay, so that was the first story. And now the second story. So listen again for the space where you should insert one of those six idioms. The story is called The Hunter. Bolger knelt down on the soft grass, breathing heavily while supporting himself with his spear pushed into the soil. That had been close. The animal had nearly got him in there. But Bolger had left the forest behind him now, and all around him was flat grassland. He thought he'd be safer here. The saber-toothed tiger could hide from him in the forest and prepare an ambush. Out here, where there was no tall vegetation, Bolger thought he would not be surprised by a sudden and unexpected attack. In the open, he knew the tiger would think twice before hunting him down. But then he heard the sound of a twig cracking just behind him. He turned quickly and there it was. The saber-toothed tiger had appeared. There it stood with its cruel, yellow eyes looking straight into Bolger's. Its teeth, enormously long and sharp, dripped with saliva. Then the tiger jumped straight at him. Okay, so that's the end of the second story. Which idiom fitted into the space? And now I have the third story. And the same procedure. Which idiom goes into the space? And the story is called The Meeting. Smithy stood at the bar with his untouched glass of orange juice in front of him. He nervously played with the glass, turning it one way and then the other. He looked around again at the girl at the other end of the bar. She was taking her time drinking her cocktail, and this time she was alone. For many weeks now, Smithy had come to this bar on a Friday afternoon after leaving work. He was a filing clerk in an office, a dull job, which had probably made Smithy rather a dull person. At 45 and still single, his colleagues at work made fun of him. 
You've been left on the shelf, Smithy, they would say. The girl at the other end of the bar had long and straight dark hair. She was dressed in a smart red dress and she wore high heel shoes and black tights. Her face was quite dark too and fascinating to look at. She was Spanish. Smithy knew this as he had heard her talk to a girlfriend who usually accompanied her to the bar. She had talked about her time in Spain to her friend, and she spoke with what Smithy thought was a very attractive accent. This was his moment. Smithy had to make a move now that she was alone and try to get to know her. He had the perfect phrase, he thought, to... because he had learnt some Spanish at school. He had practised the words again and again for several days, and now he was ready. Smithy picked up his orange juice and walked towards the girl, in an attempt to look as cool and as masculine as possible. The girl looked up from her cocktail as he approached, and then Smithy spoke. Guten Abend, Fräulein. Mein Name ist Smithy. Okay, so that's the third story, which was the idiom. And now the final story. The idiom comes right at the end of this story, so you need to listen carefully and find out why the idiom is used so you can identify it. Here we go. The story is called What a Difference a Day Makes. Alice sat on the hospital bed and looked out of the window at the gardens. It was a bright sunny morning. Although the windows were closed, Alice could still hear the birds singing in the tall leafy trees that surrounded the garden. She thought of her university friends and colleagues at the nature reserve and how they would all be busy on a morning such as this. Alice had loved her work in research of bird behaviour. In fact, recently, things had become even more rewarding as they were about to make a breakthrough in bird migration research. How some birds were able to fly several thousand kilometres each year to Africa in winter and then returned to the exact same place in England for breeding in the spring. However, Alice knew she had to forget all that now. Her passion for life, her devotion to her work, were all behind her. Soon, very soon, according to the doctors, 
she would no longer be in this world. Cancer, they said it was, had taken hold of her body. She had just one month to live. When she had first heard the news, it had made sense. It explained the agonizing pain she was feeling in her back and why she often had to lie down to find relief. Now the doctors were deciding what to do, whether it was worthwhile to give Alice some sort of chemotherapy treatment. It might give her a little longer to live. One month? Two months? The door of the private hospital bedroom opened, and a doctor walked in. He said nothing at first, but just approached Alice sitting on the bed. Alice looked up at his face as he stood over her. She realised she had never seen him before. His expression was serious. It was quite obvious to Alice he had some terrible news to tell her. Alice Laverne? That's right, isn't it? Yes, I'm Alice. The doctor sat down in an armchair opposite her. I'm Dr. Benito. Actually, I have some good news for you, he began. A half-smile crossed his face. Alice thought to herself, No, you don't. What is it now? Three months? Four months? Perhaps I'll see my last Christmas. Is that it? There's been a mistake, continued the doctor. An awful mistake. Alice froze. Her brain stopped working. She was unable to process the phrase, an awful mistake. It did not seem to fit in with the context of what they were discussing. What? she said rudely. Alice, said the doctor, I don't know how to say this. Well, I suppose it's quite simple, really. Alice, you don't have cancer. A long pause. I don't have cancer, repeated Alice. What do you mean, I don't have cancer? There was a mistake in the biopsy, answered the doctor. It seems to have been a computer analysis error, but we've double-checked and you definitely do not have cancer, Alice. But, but, what about the pain in my back? What is it? Alice could hardly speak. The shock from this news was so powerful. You just seem to have a bad back, Alice. You know, from sitting badly. With the right type of exercise, you should be fine. Now, and the doctor looked serious again, I understand you may want to make a complaint. But Alice's mind was suddenly a long way from that hospital room and the doctor. She was thinking of the open spaces, the countryside, the birds she was studying and loved so much, long migrations, winter and spring, the grand circle of life, and she was happy to be part of it again. Doctor, 
interrupted Alice. Say no more. I'm not interested in making a complaint. I'm just... And that is the end of the story, and also the end of the podcast. If you would like to check your answers, please come over to Practicing English Podcast 146, and there you will find the answers and the transcripts to this podcast. Goodbye for now. (laughs) 